from the banks of the Avon, this is Black Sheep Rebranded, the place where you never have to worry about fitting in or being accepted. All are welcome. The leader of our pack is Rick Sherwood. He's willing to share with us his take on this crazy world. His insights come from not only his experience as a psychotherapist, but also his many life experiences. His hope is to help us live our best lives as we continue on our own ever-changing personal journey. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what's on his mind today. So folks, welcome back to the second half of the whole podcast, which is this two-parter on responsibility, actual or metaphor. So a little bit of a recap, right? Last week, we talked about the fact that is our life a responsibility that we should have to ourselves that's an actual thing? Or is it just kind of a metaphor for living, a metaphor for doing? So I'm going to use sailing as an example. And I know that I said, you guys, we're going to actually go full circle and we're going to actually talk about family. And we're going to get to that in a second. I enjoy sailing. Um, At different points in my life, I sailed a lot. And I have been lucky enough to sail on the Pacific Ocean. I've also been lucky enough to sail in the Caribbean a little bit and uh, in uh, a, a chunk of the Great Lakes. Uh, certainly not throughout the, all of the Great Lakes, but certainly a chunk of the Great Lakes. I've uh, I've really enjoyed it. And one of the beautiful things is when people go and they talk about boating, is it an actual thing that they're doing by sitting behind a wheel and steering a boat? Or is it a metaphor for being out there sailing? And I always think it's funny when people say to me about having a boat and they will say, what kind of boat do you have? And, I will, and I've always said it's a sailboat. And they say, oh, that's real boating. That's actual versus a metaphor for boating. So do you see where that idea of responsibility and being an actual thing or a metaphor? And so people say, I go boating. Okay, well, if you actually go sailing, it's completely different than simply standing at a wheel and being a helmsman. And again, it's it's a very different experience, is completely different. And again, life and living is truly just as different. So when we look at family, when we look at the people who are in our lives, there's an actual versus metaphor responsibility that we have to those people i on a regular basis and i truly frustrate and piss off an awful lot of people and yes i mean truly frustrate and piss off a lot of people because i will ask questions because i don't want a metaphor for a friend i don't want a metaphor for a wife i don't want a metaphor for a partner I don't want a metaphor for living. I don't want a metaphor for what an in-law should be. I actually want a real, actual, responsible relationship. By the time you get to be in your mid-50s, as I am, and you're, you're challenged, even you know, when, when, uh, when I met Sherry, when I was 50, um, no matter where it is in your life, it is seldom that there has never been another crush or another love or another something. All too often there has been. And so then we are always trying to build from the shadow of that. 
And that's where the actual versus the metaphor. And so when I look at family and I look at family who they tell me how much family means, but they do it as a metaphor because I can't actually count on them. I can't actually trust them and I can't actually rely on them. So responsibility, I have the responsibility then to keep myself safe. And I also have the responsibility to look up at people in my life. And hence, so in the last podcast, you know, I talked about, you know, where Sherry fits into my world and who she is. And I spoke a little bit about Rebecca and, and where she is and who she is in my world. And I, again, spoke about when I have a, when I have a responsibility to somebody, I will take that literally to my grave. Either of these people can look at me and in in no one circumstance and, and in no other way can they ever misunderstand or misrepresent that they can literally, truly count on me. They will never have to wonder. They will never have to guess. And there's another beautiful irony when when you look at the world as I as I do, when somebody comes along in my world and they slowly fade away, I don't take that as a slight against me. I take it as life has evolved. The relationships have evolved. And so people will come and go from our worlds and people will come and go from being really close in our world. And so again, this is one of these understandings that when we actual versus a metaphor have a responsibility then again the closer you get so it's it's ironic so i'm going to give a little tiny bit of background about my family just to 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 make it so that you know there's there's a little bit of a picture painted so my biological father passed away a number of years ago but when he was still alive my parents divorced when i was very young very very young like kindergarten age, and I didn't particularly like him then, and I didn't particularly like him throughout most of my life for various reasons, and so I want to be adopted by the man that my that my mom married, and so when I was adopted by him, I had to get, um, we had to go to court and get permission, because my biological father was still alive, for me to be adopted, which I was, and so um, the only thing that he requested, because again, I didn't like him, he didn't like me, we're okay. And so because of that, um, I was exchanged for a gravesite. And so when I say a gravesite, I mean truly the ownership of a gravesite. Uh, only thing never resolved uh, in the divorce between my biological parents. And so he wanted full ownership of that. And so for him to not contest me being adopted... He uh, wished to have uh, the gravesite signed over to him. And so that made me, when I became adopted, that made me the youngest of, of 10 children. So my now adopted dad was married, had had three children. His first wife developed cancer and passed away. He then married a lady who already had three children. She then developed cancer. And she passed away. And then he married my mom, who was divorced and had four kids. And so this whole idea of metaphor and, and 
and actual responsibilities is is an interesting uh, situation here because because I am a very polarizing person and and it's a very interesting thing because again I, I have very clear uh, beliefs and pl- very clear ideas and 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 I put them out there and I make maple syrup for my clients all the time and in general people in my world because I will simply stick my hand up and say but just hold on here that doesn't make any sense so typically speaking uh i look at life as you have a responsibility to actually live it and you actually have a responsibility for some degree of honesty and some degree of 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 of, uh forthrightness and not again a metaphor for honesty actual honesty and so responsibility again so when we look through my life so I do not have uh, a great relationship with most of my family simply because I actually will point out that being a brother or being a sister or being a relative is not a metaphor of responsibility to each other. It's an actual responsibility. And so I've had relatives um, who would you know, truly damn me to hell for things that I've had no responsibility for. uh, And yet they have determined it upon themselves. And this is where it's this interesting world that we live in between responsibility being an actual thing versus a metaphor. And so when I was made power of attorney for my mom and people struggle with these things all the time, I took it on as an actual responsibility, not a metaphor And I took it on as an actual responsibility to ensure that her wishes, as I knew them to be, were fulfilled. And because I took them on as as an actual versus an emotional versus a metaphor of, again, people sometimes are very harsh criticizing. And again, I see this all the time with my clients, where they walk in and they are put in positions and family has this weird sense of being able to sit there and then talk down to people and talk down to us. And it sits there and it says, oh my God, no, 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 it's not actual. And so not that long ago, um, somebody in Rebecca's world had reached out to her because there was there was a little bit of, of a contested moment being discussed. And the statement was, hey, Rebecca, words actually do mean something. The irony is, is that the person who said those words had just literally thrown Rebecca under the bus with actual words, had actually condemned Rebecca financially, emotionally, in every other way, and had actually went out of their way. And so despite the fact that this person was a family member, they didn't actually look at responsibility to uphold and support And to guide and to nurture, what they did is they picked and chose, which family members often do. And I have have received this numerous times. And so this is a really contested podcast. That's why it's two parts. Because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to listen to this and they're going to go, I don't like you, Rick. I don't like what you're saying. But what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to understand that when we say we support somebody, or if we say we don't support somebody, it can't be a metaphor. 
Jill, who is, uh, it's a, a complicated, complicated way how I know this lady. And, and there was this most beautiful email that came from Jill about the podcast. And so I was really pumped to hear that she had listened to them. I took absolutely to heart every single thing that she said about the podcast. And we are constantly trying to find ways to improve. And, and, and it was beautiful. And so one of the things in the beginning of the last podcast it ties this all in is about the responsibility. So again, I have a responsibility for people to understand where we're coming from at Black Sheep Rebranded. And one of the most important things that we're doing here is we're trying to say we are allowed to be who we are so long as we are not morally, ethically, or legally doing anything to harm anybody else. And there's the, the idea behind the moral and the ethical. So when Jill reached out and she had all the comments to say, you know, one of the things that she said was about not necessarily clearly understanding Rebecca in her intro. And yet we've had other people who have said, oh, my God, I love her voice. I love what she has to say. I love how she says it. And I love the fluency of her voice. Two different people, two different, completely different uh, states of mind over the exact same information. And so, again, we're sitting here constantly trying to, and so we're in the process of revamping some stuff. But again, one of the things that that maybe I need to stress again, here at Black Sheep Rebranded, we all come in this with our own baggage, our own past, our own damaged goods. And we have a responsibility to put out a product the best that we know how to. But one of the things we're trying to do is be ourselves authentically. And being ourselves authentically means that since Rebecca had a huge speech impediment as a child, that lingers into adulthood. And so we can't do away with that speech impediment. What we can do is, again, try to find ways to finesse and make it easier for people to understand. And so, Jill, we are listening and we are doing what we can and we are continuously trying to improve it. But it's the exact same thing with me. From the age of birth, moment of birth, to the age of, of past four, I was somewhere between four and five years of age, before I said my very first word. So therefore, my palate developed in a, in a very unique way. And so I don't enunciate properly. There's a lot of things I don't say that are very easy for people to, to understand. There's lots of words that I just, I, to, be, to say I'm tongue-tied would be a, just laughable. Like truly, it's beyond. And so again, it's a responsibility that we have, and it's a true responsibility. And so then going back to this whole idea about relationships, I often see people in relationships, and they're, and instead of actually having a responsibility to be the best partner, the best husband, the best wife, the best person that they can be, they bring forth a metaphor and they say, I'm in 20% and that's all that I'm going to be in, but I'm going to keep telling the person I'm all in. And they're not. And then 10 years later or five years later, they wonder why is it that the relationship failed? Well, because... They were never 100% in. And so, again, it's not my place, to, and I'm not going to, so please don't ask. There's lots of laundry between Sherry and myself. There's lots of laundry between myself and any other person I've ever had a relationship with. But being in a relationship for me means you actually have to be 
in a relationship. I have a beautiful couple that I see up in Northern Heron County and I go to see them. And this couple have had an incredible journey. And in that journey, they have learned through trial and turbulation and and challenges to bring their best self forward. And that best self surprises them every day. But it only became that when they stopped living their lives together as a metaphor of what a couple should be and a metaphor for what retirement should be. And they started going in, what do we actually need to put in? This is, again, this beautiful thing about relationships. As I went back to school as an adult, uh, as a a quote-unquote mature adult, uh, in my late 30s and into my 40s, graduating with these degrees so that I now do what I do, I've had people say to me, and they say, I don't like the person who you are. I don't like this version of you. Well, they don't like the therapist. They don't like what I grew into. They don't like what I learned. They don't like what I questioned. Sandra Campbell was a a prof that I had who has now uh, passed away a a few years ago. And Sandra would say, you know, about social working people, which is, you know, just, you know, a weird way of saying, you know, pop psychology or, you know, psychoanalyzing people. And people would say, I don't like this. Okay, well, that's who I am now. So again, when people say, I don't like this version of you, and they walk out of my life, I don't go chasing them. And when I have relationships that are ending or have have ended, I do everything I can to foster and create a good, healthy relationship going forward. But again, just as in the case of Rebecca, when the person said, Rebecca, words really do mean something. Well, the reciprocal could be said when the person wanted her to take on financial responsibilities beyond what she should reasonably have to do. But they didn't want to own any of that. They only want to own the fact that Rebecca had made a statement about her being in now a really good place getting out of an old relationship. Just as with me, people will make comments without actually going, wow. And so they will say, wow, he's gone through a few marriages, so therefore he can't be a very good therapist. Actually, being a really good therapist, the more crazy your life is, quite honestly, the better therapist you are because the easier it is for you to put yourself in other people's shoes and for you to have more depth of personal understanding, for you to take the personal understanding and combine it with an incredible education, for you to be a really, really good therapist. So if you're a therapist is a drug and alcohol therapist and the only thing that they do is drink water and they've never had anything in their body other than water, they're likely not going to be a really good addictions counselor. Just saying, because again, typically speaking, you want a really, really good therapist, look for somebody who's got a little bit of a crazy background and has lived a lot and they're going to have some really cool things they're going to bring to the table to help you understand your life and bring it forward. That is actual responsibility to being the best therapist possible. I didn't go out looking for a crazy life. I just happened to have had one, which again, my, th- my clients benefit from all the time. But again, the metaphor is that if I'm going to be a good therapist, I need it to only ever have one job, one marriage, 
one 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 no the actual is quite different but again what people often want to do is this sense of responsibility they want to hide behind other things and they want to talk about metaphors so I'm going to tell you right now, we at Black Sheep Rebranded, we at RS Therapy Group, those two, blacksheeprebranded.ca, rstherapygroup.com, you reach out to Rebecca at rstherapygroup.com, you reach out to me at rick at rstherapygroup.com, you reach out to Sherry at rstherapygroup.com, you will find a level of commitment the exact same as these podcasts to help our clients. And that's why we're doing these podcasts. We want to help people. Actually help people. Not a metaphor for helping. We check our phones seven days a week. That's an actual responsibility to our clients. So that, again, this isn't a crisis line. We don't, we don't do this 24 hours a day. We never will, never have. But we do the best job we can to be there to give short, incremental advice and information to help our clients out between sessions. There are people who do try to take advantage of that, and sometimes we have some challenges nipping them in the butt and slowing them down saying, no, 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 it's not a crisis line. But this is, again, where these podcasts are part of our actual responsibility to providing a service to the people we serve People who find us, people who we never, ever hear from. They simply listen to these podcasts, gain some information, and grow. That is an actual responsibility. So for all the family members, all the people in my life, you know, I've, I, I have lots of people who come and go. My door is always there. It's always open. It's always willing to accept. But keep in mind... I will not accept a metaphor, and neither should you, for what a friend is, what a family member is, what a father is, what a daughter is, what a child is. What anybody is in your life should not be a metaphor. It should be something real. You should be able to define it, understand it, and explain it. When I look at Rebecca, she is not a metaphor for what I call Amuse, what I call somebody who truly inspires me and does something unbelievable, something I never thought was possible. That is an actual, not a metaphor for something that I truly never want to live without. Sherry is a fantastic friend. Recent trip to Mexico, it was like a brother and sister, the best friends ever, but there is just no actual connection beyond simple friendship, great colleagues, great people to work together. That is an actual, and we accept it for what it is, and it's beautiful. So please, learn the difference, put these podcasts together, listen to it all together. Responsibility across all aspects of your life. Is it real? Is it an actual responsibility? Or is it a metaphor? So again, Rebecca and Sherry, they are not metaphors for the roles that they play in my life. They are actual. First time. I'm in my mid-50s. Thank God 
that some things in my life have come together in such a beautiful, beautiful way in 2023, this crazy time that we live in. And again, thank you very much for listening. And please uh, reach out to us if you have any questions. Your feedback is highly, highly sought and, and valued. And Jill, again, thank you very much for your input. Brittany, thank you for yours. Thank you. It's thank you to everybody who has reached out. Um, and there's a ton more people, and I'm not saying all their names for various reasons. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, hey, y'all have yourself a wonderful day, and we will chat soon. Again, thank you very much. It's Rick Sherwood here again. Thank you very much. As I continuously say, really appreciate everyone who tunes into these podcasts. Uh, but please keep in mind, uh, all the information contained within these is not meant to be a supplement or meant to be a replacement for psychotherapy or for anyone truly struggling with mental health. Please reach out to uh, a therapist and somebody qualified to help you out. If these ideas trigger something within you where you need to do that and you're not sure where to go, by all means, please reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to. Uh, go to blacksheeprebranded.ca uh, and we can direct you in, un in unbelievable different directions. Piracy, please don't pirate the information in this. It is proprietary. Uh, please also make sure that, uh, that you understand that this isn't about us wanting to be greedy about our ideas. This is us wanting to make sure that our ideas are uniquely and collectively kept as ours so that we can use them as we see fit and not how other people want to do it for their own piracy and their own benefit. Y'all be good. Take care. Bye-bye.